Variety is the spice of life, which is why we highly recommend My Pet Chicken, because they have so much to offer. You can order day-old chicks and waterfowl, chicken supplies, hatching eggs, and there's a wealth of information on their website. Our favorite part about My Pet Chicken is that you can put together your dream chick order without any breed minimums to make your egg basket super colorful. So go to mypetchicken.com slash drinkandfarm to put in your chick, duckling, or gosling order. That link lets them know that we sent you, and it's a great way to support our podcast while fulfilling all of your poultry addiction needs. Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh, hey there, Sam. Oh, hey, Puff. What you drinking today? I just opened a Bumbleberry Honey Blueberry Ale. Ooh. that is from Fatheads Brewery. Fatheads Brewery? Where is that out of? That's an excellent question. Uh, let me look. Oh, it's a, it's an Ohio brewery. Oh, I should nice. That. Middlesburg. Middlesburg Heights, Ohio. So it's actually like kind of local Ohio. Well, it's north. Uh, it's northeast. It's closer to Cleveland. We drove right by their brewery when we did our Cleveland trip a little while ago. Oh. I remember seeing it now. Yeah. Nice. It sounds delicious. Like that's something I would, I think I would really like. It's one of my favorites. It used to only come in bottles, but it came out in cans this year. So I was really excited when I saw it. Cause I was like, yay, now I can take (laughs) you floating down the creek, which makes me happy. (laughs) So what are you drinking over there? Today I have screwball peanut butter whiskey on the rocks. Mm, Yum. Yes. So good. I love Good it. Good choice. I like the artwork on that bottle, too. Me, too. It's so cute. So our drink sponsor this episode is our friend Ashley Kiernan, which is at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right. I'm excited about today's episode because I've purposely not asked you really specific questions about your baby goat's and the goat birthing story. Ooh, yes. I'm excited, too. And I can't wait to hear about Maya's also yeah. because she was holding them hostage. Oh, she was. <laughs> and she did it in such a dramatic way. She's such a little bia. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I vote that you go first because I'm selfish and want to hear it. Okay. So this is quite an adventure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mostly because it's my first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my first uh, like real birth here on the farm. Like we've had chicks hatched and ducks hatched, but that's not quite the same. Yeah, it's way different. <laughs> yeah, it's totally different. Life birth is a little stressful and like there's so many things that you have to make sure that you're ready for and that you've like researched and stuff. So in case people don't know, uh, Nigerian dwarf goats usually go about 145 days from the date of breeding or service date. That's what they put on like all the official <laughs> records. That sounds dirty. <laughs> it does, date. doesn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a service memo that you get when you breed <laughs> when you breed a registered uh, buck that's not yours to your doe. So <laughs> Yeah, I saw that and I laughed like a twelve year old that I am. <laughs> But anyhow, so when you're getting close to that date, you start to think, like, what am I supposed to do next? Like, do I leave her out there until the birth? Like, what happens if they're just born in the pasture? And so around here, our pastures are pretty small. So I kind of left her out there a long time, and I think a little longer than most people do. I didn't move her into the barn until about four days before her due date. 
And that was because I thought to myself, like, if she goes any earlier than that, you know, like, I'll just, I'll, I go out to the pasture multiple times for a day. I check pretty early in the morning. I'm out there pretty late at night. So I was like, I'll just, I'll find them relatively quickly and like get everybody into the barn. So it's not going to be that big of a deal because when I put her in the barn at like what day 141, <laughs> she was so freaking mad at me. It was ridiculous. I think she yelled for that whole like 12 hours or whatever <laughs> it was that she was in there by herself. That sounds about right. Yeah. Yep. So it was like, all right, day 142. I'm like, you can go outside and hang out during the day, but I'm going to put you back in here at night. Because, of course, like the temp started dropping that week. So when it was like mm-hmm. 75 degrees at night, I was like, oh, they'll be fine, you know, if they're born outside. But then now it's like in the 50s at night. And 60s, which is much, much colder. And when you're wet, like. (laughs) Yeah, it feels real cold. It feels real cold. So I'm like, you have to go into the barn at night until you have those kids. And so the second (laughs) night I gave her a friend, like thinking that would be a little easier. And she was still mad. She's like, you're the worst. (laughs) This was not the friend I wanted. (laughs) Pick another another. or bring them all. Or bring them all. Yeah, exactly. And she had like very few signs that she was going into labor at this point. So, you know, we're only three days before the due date. She's got like a tiny bit of white discharge and that's it. And I'm locking her in the barn and I'm feeling kind of guilty because I'm like, gosh, maybe I should just let her go to day 145. Or maybe they're wrong and it's really 150 for Nigerian dwarf goats. And I'm just like way overreacting. I'm like, can I do this for eight days? I don't think I can do this for eight days. <laughs> so the next day I took her friend out and left her in the barn because I was like, uh, now we're like kind of getting real. Like, Days yeah. are ticking by, like, um, it, and it got hot during the day. And I was worried about them being born in the sun, like, while I was at work mm-hmm. and not being out there soon enough to, like, help with anything. So I kept her in the barn. She yelled at me, like, all the time. And anytime I went out there, she acted like I was the worst person <laughs> on the planet. But she started having some <laughs> pink discharge this day. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm doing the right thing because pink discharge is a sign. It's a sign that it's coming. It's like imminent. So I like got myself all yeah. amped up for baby goats that night. And like I was so ready. So I set my alarm, you know, like a bunch of times during the night. I'm like, I'm going to check on her every few hours. We're going to see these baby goats get born and we're going to help if we need to. And we're totally ready. Well, I woke up at like one o'clock in the morning that night, or I guess it was the next morning. And she had no signs at that point. And I'm like, what the hell? You're just like messing with me now, aren't you? <laughs> so I'm like sleep deprived and like amped up for babies. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up at six o'clock tomorrow and then we'll see where you're at. Because maybe I'll just, you know, like take the day off of work and like keep an eye on you or something. Mm-hmm. And they'll be born, you know, like today or tomorrow and it'll all be cool. Well, I went back to bed and turned off you know my like extra alarms I'm like i'm gonna get some sleep this is gonna be good and for some weird reason i woke up at like 4 45 i'm laying in bed like staring at the ceiling I'm like while i'm up i should just go check on her and i'm like no i need the sleep no you should go check on her i'm so tired i can't make decisions what am i supposed to do <laughs> this is my brain my brain is like a mess (laughs) my brain's a hot mess and get up I'm like all right fine let's go check on him it's like 5 15 I've argued with myself for 30 minutes and I go out there I'm in my pajamas and boots I'm in my pajamas and boots because I'm like I'm not gonna find anything like so why would I get ready for anything and I open the barn door and I could hear her she was like making a weird noise though like a different noise and then Mm -hmm. I hear the little like muse you know how baby goats Aww. like they don't really yeah they don't really ba they like go meow meow like yeah <laughs> and I was like <gasps> they were born so I like run in there and I open the door and it was the weirdest scene I think I've ever walked in on like <laughs> as a goat farmer she's standing in the middle of a twelve by twelve foot barn like spinning around kind of in circles screaming. <laughs> And there's three <laughs> babies just like in three different corners of the barn stall. And I'm like, dude, Tonks, go get them. What are you doing? I think she was calling for them to come to her. Like, I think she had the yeah. last one and then just kind of wandered off and then didn't know who to go to first. So tried to just get them to come to her. But they were yeah. like shocked. You know, they're not moving. 
<laughs> oh my god so i scoop him up and like get him over to her and i put him under her nose and i'm like oh no she probably walked away from him because this is the point where i figure out that she's rejected all of them and i've got three bottle babies oh no <laughs> <laughs> but no that was not the case she started licking them all right away and i was just like so relieved i was like <gasps> okay all right <laughs> all three goats are alive Tonks is good and she's licking them and she's actually like acting like a mom. So what should I do next? And I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, like how the hell did I miss this birth? <laughs> like Aww. I've been prepped for it for so long. So I was a little bummed about that. Like I was just standing out there and I'm like, well, like yeah. do I need to do anything? Like, so what are all the steps? Like I'm all out of order now since I wasn't here for the delivery. I don't know what they need help with like because you know usually when you're there for delivery you like you dry them off for her and you like hang them upside down to make sure everything you know like drained out of them and there were like all these things in the book that I was supposed to do but she's like already cleaning them and they're getting ready to nurse I'm like okay I guess I get to skip all those like we're good <laughs> <laughs> less work yeah yeah it was it was way less work so I was happy about that but I thought like all right and really need to make sure that these guys nurse because that's like rule number one. I think one of the books says like mm -hmm. within 30 minutes. Some of the other books, though, said like three hours. So I stopped uh. like, you know, really worrying myself too much. I was like, how about I go get like real clothes on and get some help? Like I need more hands because <laughs> mm -hmm. there are three of them. And I was expecting her to have multiple. She's as big as a house. So I was expecting yeah. three or four. So I knew I was going to need more help. So I was like, all right, let's go get Jared. So when I came in and I got Jared, um, he was still sleeping. And I'm like, the baby goats are born. He's like, oh, really? Cool. You, you need help? <laughs> Let me go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I need help. Please get up. Like, I need more hands. I need a witness to, like, this magicalness that's happening in the barn. Like, please just, like, come out there with me. I need to confirm that, like, everything I'm doing is right. Because umbilical cords still needed to be removed. Like, we needed to make sure that mm -hmm. they were actually nursing and stuff. And, you know, I don't know if it was, like, just my baby goats, but they totally sucked at that nursing thing at first. Like, they were just hot messes at it they were bumping the wrong parts of her yep that's pretty normal I think I've seen that with all of mine and I've just learned that sometimes you just gotta lay on the ground and wait for it okay to happen and that can take like at least an hour yeah, yeah that was what it felt like like I have a picture of Jared oh, like yeah. crouching next to them like with this funny look on his face like holding like one of the babies like why aren't you doing happening? anything like <laughs> well at this point too you know we're trying to help the baby goats nurse but Tonks had something hanging out of the back of her which is not like super normal and at the time I didn't know what it was it was like it had a really long like ropey thing on it and it looked mm -hmm. it looked like kind of organy so I was a little concerned <laughs> but it was just like a fluid filled sack and it turned out that it was an extra placenta because mm -hmm. I'd actually watched her deliver and eat a placenta so I didn't think that the second thing was that but they can have more than one placenta mm -hmm. so like, it wasn't super out of the ordinary that there was more than one. But it was a little weird that it was, like, still stuck there after mm -hmm. birthing. And it turns out it was stuck there for 36 hours. But we'll get to that part of the story later. So that was also causing some trouble. Like, the babies were walking up to that thing and bumping it. And so, like, <laughs> blood was getting everywhere. I'm like, yeah. oh, no, this is terrible. Like, I feel like I need to remove that thing. But all the rules say not to pull it. So I have to just like leave yeah, it. it. And so you know, the first day was like really tough because they yeah. they had an, they had something extra hanging back there, like totally distracting them. So we decided we're like, all right, we're going to take a break from this nursing thing. Let's do this umbilical cord thing. So I pick up a baby and hand it to Jared and I grab the floss and I'm like, all right, we're going to get these umbilical cords. And Jared's looking at me. He's like what are you going to get the umbilical cords with? I'm like, this floss. And I pick it up and it's like all of our floss is that ribbon type of floss, <laughs> like really thick ribbon type of floss. Jared's like, you're not going to cut the cords with that. I'm like, what do you mean? The book said to use dental floss. And he's like, yeah, you use dental floss to tie it off and then you cut them like with scissors. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure that it just said floss. And he's like, 
there's no way even regular dental floss wouldn't cut through an umbilical cord. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like clearly I need sleep or I need to pay more attention. Or like, it's possible that that part was just assumed by most people. But for me, it just totally wasn't. <laughs> well, if you haven't had coffee yet and you're trying to figure that out and you're excited and what the hell is this thing hanging out of my goat? Like, it's easy to to miss details yeah so jared had to go sure. run inside and go get sharp like surgical type of scissors because of course like i didn't have anything like that in the barn <laughs> it's all my right. feed bag scissors and <laughs> jared's like no i need something like clean and sharp so we did get the umbilical cords all cut although i skipped tying the floss on i like i removed the floss and then cut them jared's like no no you're supposed to leave the floss on and then cut on top like on the other side i'm like oh yeah so it doesn't like bleed out now <laughs> or I cause an infection it. or anything yes. like that yep yeah so they were they ended up being okay though they were fine yeah. so my oh, mistake yeah. like wasn't the end of the world but for those of you that haven't mm-hmm. delivered babies or cut cords <laughs> you can learn from my mistake on that one <laughs> way you don't accidentally <laughs> do that but they were good and um we used the iodine spray and that seemed to work pretty well i tried to like pour it into a bowl and like put it up against their bellies and like tip them backwards but it was i was just getting iodine like everywhere it was so messy yeah. i had no idea if i was getting enough so like with the little spray bottle i was just like went all the way around it and then all the way on top of it and then i just gave their belly a good soaking <laughs> i was like hey, that'll make sure they yeah. get it all <laughs> and they're finally healing and seem to be like coming off so i i think that they're okay in the um mm-hmm. umbilical cord department so after we were done with the umbilical cords we weighed and sexed them which was kind of the funnest part you know because i hadn't done that yet they were wet and cold and i was really excited when i saw them because um they kind of have some fun colorings and markings but the funnest one like i took one look at that goat and i was like Oh, I know this game. You're totally going to be a boy. (laughs) (laughs) But I picked it up and, you know, looked and I was like, I think this one's a girl. (laughs) And Jared's like, really? Are you sure? And I'm like, yeah, I think so. So it was so now that I've done it, it's I think it's easy to tell. But since I hadn't yet. Mm Like, I didn't know exactly what I was looking at until I picked up the boy. Once I picked up the boy, I knew for a fact he was a boy because of where he peed right. from. <laughs> like, the middle of the <laughs> belly instead of the back. <laughs> so that made it, like, really easy to tell. So once I picked him up and I confirmed, like, yes, this one is indeed a boy, I went back and looked at the other two. And I was like, oh, these two are girls. These two are girls. We were right. We did this right. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> So we weighed them once we knew what they were. And I really liked the way that we made the scale for the baby goats. So what we used was a fish scale, like with a hook on it. It's like a digital scale Mm -hmm. that you hold in your hand and you just like loop a bag on it and it hangs and tells you what the weight is. And we made a sling for them out of a reusable grocery bag that we just cut the sides out of. So you just had to put them like in it, in their bellies, and like kind of wrap it around (laughs) them and then pick it up. So their heads and their legs were out because I felt a little guilty just like stuffing them into a bag, (laughs) you know? Yeah. They probably would have been a little confused. Yeah, but like this way they could like still see mom. Mom could still see them. Like they're just like hanging from their little sling. And it worked out really cute. (laughs) And uh, their weights, in case anyone was curious, the boy was 4.23 pounds. We have like a little one of the boy one of the girls is brown and she was 2.53 pounds and the little cool splash girl the one that I was really excited about weighed only 2.05 pounds so she was just like the tiniest Aww, little a thing. little thing yeah yeah so that was their birth and like everything right after birth essentially so you know once I had seen everyone was nursing okay and no one was in immediate danger I was like all right let's go get coffee let's go put on some real pants and now I get to just hang out and enjoy baby goats (laughs) yeah that's the best part yeah it is it's really the best part I brought in a zero gravity chair like you know one of those ones from like Menards or something 
and uh, mm-hmm. just put it in a barn stall. And I hung out there pretty much all day in that chair. Like I went inside and like had to do some work and whatnot because <laughs> I ended up not taking the day off of work. But any spare minute that I had for the next probably three or four days, I just sat in that chair, like kicked back with baby goats on top of me. And it was pretty awesome. <laughs> it's like the most comfy place to hang out ever for sure after this was all over and I got to just like hang out and was enjoying the baby goats I don't know if it was just like the sleep deprived stupor or what but I started just like thinking of all these questions that I had and I went ahead and wrote them down and I'm glad I did because I think you guys will think some of them are kind of funny (laughs) 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 but some of them were actually like kind of serious and actually needed like action from me Mm -hmm. so I'm glad that I had them so that I could like you know tell everybody about them and so the first one while I was hanging out there and I had all three goats just like laying on me I'm looking at Tonks and she still has that extra placenta hanging off of her and I'm like all right it's been a little while now like I feel like this has started to get abnormal getting abnormal so I did text you and it turns out that it can take up to Mm -hmm. 24 hours for it to come out so I wasn't in like the danger zone yet but I was on alert about it because I thought like this feels a little weird (laughs) yeah yeah I think from my experiences, the longest it's been hanging out there like that, because mine have all, except for Harley, I don't think she had one like that. I think they've always had them, and it's usually, like, within three hours. Okay. Okay. So that's good to know. So the next one, I shouldn't start freaking out thinking it's going to be the same ordeal just because it hangs out for a few hours. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It is kind of weird, though. And, Yeah. It's not pretty. And you're trying to take like Instagram worthy mm-hmm. photos and this damn thing is just like hanging there. Yeah, no, it's it's a little weird. Yeah, for sure. Well, and when one of the babies is white and it keeps like smacking them in the face, like <laughs> but it looks like it's Halloween in your barn. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, yeah. And in fact, we were in the barn last night and Jared's like, we need to get these goats out of here just for like an hour so we can clean this. I have cleaned the stall. But because she walked around mm-hmm. with this thing behind her for 36 hours, there's blood splats all over the walls. <laughs> and so, like, we just need to go in there with, like, soap and water and just, like, clean the blood splats because the flies are going in there now because they're, like, really excited about the blood all over the walls. <laughs> so even though the stall is clean because I've, like, limed it and scrubbed all the all the um, straw and stuff out of it and put fresh straw down and I keep covering their poop and making sure that it stays fresh in there. It's not fresh while there's blood on the walls. Like, there's just no getting around that. Yeah. <laughs> so it turns out that that second placenta hung out. Uh, it, it hung out for 36 hours total, Oof. which was, like, 36 awful hours. Because, of course, I got up a bunch in the middle of the night yeah. in the morning to, like, check on her and make sure she was okay. The thing's still freaking hanging out. So the next morning after it had been, it had been a little more than 24 hours. I had to wait. Um, I waited until like seven to call the vet. And of course they weren't in yet. So I had to leave them a message. But they have like all these really long instructions. Like if this is an emergency and like all this stuff. (laughs) And it's still in a sleep deprived stupor. So I'm like, is this an emergency? And I looked at Tonks and she was doing fine. Except for this thing hanging from the back. So I was like, you know what? No, this is not an emergency. It's not an emergency yet. So I just left a message and I was like, I don't think this is an emergency, but I have a goat that just had birth and it's been over 24 hours and her placenta is still there. I said, And I had already like, I had sprayed it down with uh, the sterile water. We get those little bottles of sterile water in our Henny and Rue boxes every Mm -hmm. now and then with the little water syringes. I'd very carefully like syringed all around that area with the sterile water. It didn't come loose whatsoever. Uh, One of the tricks is you can plunge a washcloth in very clean water and then tie it on there for a little weight. And that should help to help it like naturally release and slip off. Nope, that didn't do it. Um, I had sent a message to the lady that it took talks to for breeding to ask her if she had any advice. And she mentioned like, you know, gloving up, um, putting on some sort of lubrication on your fingers and like putting your fingers in there and opening like a, like a duck bill. Oh, okay. And she said, usually when you do that opening motion, they'll push and that would put it out. 
But I couldn't get Tonks to stand very well to like really get that motion properly. Right. She was like pretty freaked out by this time because yeah. I kept like messing around with her back end. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just already traumatic the day before. <laughs> yeah, it was a super traumatic the day before. Well, and you know, by this point now, it's been 24 hours. So her cervix had probably kind of mm-hmm. started closing too. So there wasn't like there wasn't a whole lot open to like push anything out. So I'm really glad that I called the vet. He got me in at three o'clock in the afternoon. Typical farm vet type of thing. I pulled up. He came out to the back of the SUV uh, and just like took one look at it, put on a glove and was able to pull it out. Nice. (laughs) Oh, he said they usually let go of it eventually. I was like, well, it's starting to rot. Yeah. So it's hot out. Yeah. And it's hot. Yeah. And there are flies. I'm like, it's got to go. Um, I was kind of expecting, though, that like, you know, she'd get, a, you know, a shot of something to like help push it out. And then it would be like slowly massage up. And he just like yanked it. <laughs> He's seen this before. <laughs> he has. And I was a little nervous about that because like everything online said like, whatever you do, don't pull it. Right. And that's probably just for, like, the layperson. Like, yeah. it was pretty far out. And by the time we had gotten up there, though, um, because she had, like, been in the crate and we'd had to, like, pick her up and she had to, like, jump down from some stuff, it had started to come out. Uh-huh. So he probably didn't really have to pull that hard. It was just something I wasn't willing to do. Right. I wouldn't <laughs> do it either. I would pay the money for somebody else to do it. And if it didn't go well, then it was like, okay, well, if it didn't go well for him, then it really wouldn't have gone well for me. So... Exactly. Well, and there were a few things that she needed, too. So he gave her a shot of Lutalize, which is like a it's a hormone that opens your cervix up. So he did open her cervix back up so that she could finish expelling anything that might have still been caught in there that hadn't come out because that had been in the way. Mm -hmm. Um, And he gave her a shot of a good antibiotic. Which is necessary if something has been like hanging off and rotting for 24 hours. So I was pretty thankful for that because I monitored her temperature nightly for the next like five days. She had come pretty close to having a borderline uh, temperature. She's just barely over 104. And I I think I texted you that night. I was like, hey, would you call a vet over this? (laughs) you know it was just barely so it's kind of like yeah you expect there to be a little bit of something after or something like her that. having some kind of symptoms on top of that like if she was acting weird too then it, my answer probably would have been different yeah the weirdest part is she's totally acted like herself this whole time hmm. so like she's had all these concerning things like temperature <laughs> dead thing hanging out of the back of you she's like whatever she didn't <laughs> mind whatsoever hashtag mom life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just like she had totally gotten it. She was totally fine. So, oh, and you know something else? I totally forgot to write this down. Um, but um, I actually did something for Tonks like after the placenta had been in there for twelve hours. Because obviously, I'm sitting in there and I'm scrolling. I'm like, what could possibly cause there to be another placenta? And a lot of things I was running into was like, well, is there a kid stuck in there that just didn't come out? Like that can be a reason, you know, like they deliver that placenta and then there's supposed to be another kid after that. And another kid didn't come. But because I wasn't there for the birth, I have no idea if that placenta came out before one of the other kids or what. So there's this um, thing that you can do and there were instructions for it online. It's called bumping. I just like stood behind her and put my hands really carefully around her stomach in front of her udder and I just like very gently like palpitated up mm-hmm. into where her abdomen area would be because what I was feeling for was if there was another kid in there so if I had felt anything like hard or knobby or that felt like a like a balloon with something in it mm-hmm. that would have been an indication that there was another kid in there but I didn't feel anything like that. All I felt were goat guts. So it was all good. <laughs> like, it was just like, squishy. I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. Like, until you, like, feel your goat's stomach, it's hard to describe. It just it just felt very squishy. And, like, they were, like, it, it felt like I was palpitating my own stomach. So I felt pretty confident after that because I got worried. I was like, oh, no. Like, if there's another kid in there, it's been 12 hours. Like, obviously now I'm not delivering anything for a happy ending. But I want to save Tonks, obviously. <laughs> so Right, right. So that was quite the fun adventure. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. So some of the other questions uh, that kind of came up that I had was, um, are they getting enough colostrum? 
you know, do I need to keep making them nurse? Are they going to go up and nurse when they need it? Like, do they have instincts for this? I'm just like staring at them and like, I'm going to worry about you guys for forever, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh, one of the the little tiny one, I named her Spirit. She's only, she was the one that was only two pounds. I did end up giving her some save kid because she could not compete with the other two big ones for milk at the time. Mm-hmm. She's kind of wobbly on her feet and she's so tiny. So I gave her some save kid and I did milk tonks a few times and gave her tonks's uh, colostrum which is kind of an adventure. So I do <laughs> kind of know how to milk. I haven't like officially sat down and milked her at the milking stand, but she stood still for me while I sat there just like on the barn floor with a little measuring cup and just like oh, milked her into a measuring cup. Yeah. So I was really excited about that. So it's a good sign once I maybe can get her on the milking stand. I can't talk her into getting on it right now. She's ignoring <laughs> me. Um, and one of the things they did to kind of like calm my mind down on whether or not they were getting enough food was I weighed them mm-hmm. a lot to just like make sure they were growing. So the first couple of days I weighed them like three or four times. And then for the next few days, I just weighed them at night to make sure that they weighed more than they did the day before. And I made it easy. I just like snapped a picture of the fish scale ah, for each one of them. That's a good idea. So that way I could just track how much they were being how much they weighed at the last one and I could just like flip back really quick okay at the last one she weighed you know 2.57 ounces and then I could look at it and I'm like yay you weigh three pounds today that's good (laughs) so yeah (laughs) and of course you know everyone was thriving and eating at that point so I was like that's good you can tell if someone's not feeling good yeah because they're just kind of listless and they don't do a whole lot everyone was jumping and bouncing and having a good time so Something else that I learned is that baby goats death nap, just like big goats. <laughs> and just like baby chicks. Yes, just or like ducklings. baby chicks. Yeah. Uh-huh. And when I say death nap, I mean like full on death nap, like like neck up in a weird position, yep. like legs splayed <laughs> out, all awful. So like, if you're new to baby goats, when you walk in to a barn stall full of baby goats death napping, don't have a heart attack quite yet. <laughs> <laughs> they also sleep with their eyes open sometimes, which kind of freaked me out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that would be creepier. Yeah. If they were like death napping with their eyes open, because then you really <laughs> oh, think they're no. dead. Yeah. Oh, that would be terrible. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's all I got for Tonks's birth story and my first several days of baby goats you that were born it. here. Yay. You did it! Yay! <laughs> I need a. I need one of those stickers that says I did it. Yeah, like I voted, but I am a goat mom. I am a yeah. goat human mom. I'm a human goat mom. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Something <laughs> along those lines. Okay. So before we wrap this part of the story up, I want to go back to the 36 hour placenta saga really quick because it kind of got me thinking like, well, if this isn't super common for them to hang on to it for this long, like what could possibly be the cause of this. And so one of the causes is that there was like a traumatic, you know, delivery and it wasn't there for that. So I have no idea if that was the case, but Tonks seemed pretty alert and happy afterwards. So I didn't feel like anything traumatic had likely happened. Mm-hmm. So I started looking into what kind of like, if there was a deficiency of some kind that could have caused this. And it turns out that there is, if your goat has a selenium deficiency, one of the symptoms is that they retain the placenta oh. at birth. And I wish I could tell you guys why, because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a sign. So I'm really carefully reevaluating my feeding regimen that I have. Like I'm reading all the labels and looking at everything and making sure that I've got, you know, like everyone's getting the right amounts. And in fact, I have the fish scale out by the feed now. I'm I'm actually going to start weighing everybody's feed. I haven't really been measuring. I've just been, you know, like eyeballing it every time. Uh-huh. And it felt like I did a pretty good job, but maybe I wasn't. So, uh, so that's one of the things uh, I'm going to be doing because it's really important that if you have a goat that is in milk that they get enough of the right kind of nutrition because like she has three babies to feed but I also want to start taking some of her milk next week Mm 
<laughs> in order for her to produce that, she's got to get all the nutrients she means she needs. So uh, I looked into some of the ways that I could get her some extra selenium if that was indeed the issue. And um, I ended up picking up a selenium vitamin E gel tube. And since I thought that Tonks had a selenium deficiency, I figured it was probably uh, pretty safe to think that the babies would have a little bit of one too. And so I read the instructions on the bottle and I gave the babies each two cc's of the selenium vitamin E uh, gel and gave Tonks four cc's. That was the dosage on the back of it. So after I gave it to them, though, I learned that you have to be extremely careful with selenium. So this is everyone's warning. It is toxic when it is overdosed. It's not just like giving vitamin B. And because it's a vitamin, like I had kind of thought that for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know until I started giving uh, my goats the copper supplement that you can have copper toxicity too. So it's like not everything that's technically good for you or helpful, like it's all in moderation or their correct dosage. Just like it's not good for us to have a lot of calcium because that means you could get kidney stones. I learned that one the oh, hard way yeah. too. Oh, I've had kidney stones. It's, it's awful. It's so bad. It's worse. So worse. It's so bad. As somebody, because I haven't given birth before, as somebody that has given birth before, is it as bad as childbirth? Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's actually extremely similar. And I can say that very confidently because I have given unmedicated birth and I've had kidney stones. So I have apples to apples comparisons. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they made me naturally pass mine. TMI for everybody listening and it took like a mm-hmm. week. It was terrible. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's like hardcore. <laughs> Anywho. But yeah, that's good to know because I've never had to use the selenium before. I have one I have a tube just in case I need it. Um just like I have a bag of colostrum mix if I need it and just regular milk mix if I need it. Um because I figure yeah, it might sit in my cabinet and maybe go bad, but I'd rather have it on hand just in case I need it and, and waste the 25, 30 bucks or whatever, you know? Yeah. I was going to say it wasn't super expensive. No. So it's totally one of those things that's worthwhile to have on hand mm-hmm. for sure. It actually is pretty common practice for goat breeders that live in areas that have known uh, selenium deficiencies to provide a selenium supplement to uh, the kids when they're born. So it's called BOSI, and it's a prescription selenium and vitamin E solution that gets injected sub-Q uh, at birth, like almost immediately at birth. Oh, wow. But the for the Nigerians, the dose is super tiny. It's like 0.25 cc's. Ooh. Yeah, extremely tiny. So I'm a little nervous about being that exact, yeah. you know, with the, with the measurement. And also, you know, I, I have been giving some injections. So I'm getting a little better at that. I don't know that I'll add that into my regimen because the selenium paste seemed to have like perked everybody up and, and done a pretty good job. So unless like, you know, I have everything tested around here and it's like, yeah, you should probably start doing this. I probably won't. Um, also, it requires a vet prescription. So oh, yeah, like I need a better relationship with a vet if I'm going to get to keep stuff like that on hand around here. So right. But one thing I did want to know about the uh, about the vitamin E supplement that's in the tube or the selenium and vitamin E paste that's in the tube is when I tried to click it, you know, like to the right dose and only give them like the right amount. It was actually really hard because it comes in a really big tube. It's not like a little tiny one. It's like a big one that requires both hands. <laughs> so I'm squeezing a baby goat between my knees and like putting this thing in their mouth and like trying to shove in the right amount and I totally over squeezed so for like 24 hours I was like that's it I killed the baby goats with selenium we got this far and then I had this brilliant idea that everybody needed selenium and I totally screwed this up most of it got on my pants so I don't think they ended up getting too much and everyone seems to be fine knock on wood but Um, Sam and I actually talked about it and she confirmed that my thought on how to do it the next time was the correct one. If you just use one of those little tiny like liquid uh, 
the liquid syringes, you can just pull out the two cc's that you need and then give it to them that way. That way you know you're giving them the right doses. Those dial tubes are really cool if you're working with big animals yeah. and like you have extra hands and stuff to help you. But when you're just by yourself with these little tiny things, and you're shoving this giant thing in their mouth. I wasn't going to dose that correctly. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I was probably not thinking because I was still sleep deprived. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes you don't know until you work through that experience either. Yeah, that's true. Like, this whole thing has been a really cool learning experience. But I have noticed something. Like, I made decisions and went with them and, like, moved forward with them confidently, even if they weren't 100% correct. I'm still okay with that because I feel like I just went with my intuition and like when there was a problem, I just went to the next thing that needed to be done. I didn't hesitate too much. I didn't like him and haw too much. I just like, you know, did it. And that kind of, it. I feel a little more confident in my like skills and my ability to work through these kinds of emergencies on the farm. So nice. I feel good about it. That's really good. <laughs> so what about you? I feel like I've talked like, for forever oh please 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 tell me about Maya (laughs) so it's so funny because it's like I'm not a biological mother to children but I've heard that like the first kid you're like super over the top maybe a little helicopterish and by like your second or third one you're just like eh whatever and I think I'm kind of in that eh, whatever with goat birth at this time at this point. Because it's a I've... totally fair assessment for children, by the way. Okay. So that is a thing. All right. Well, I feel like it's kind of the same thing here because I've been through it a couple times. Like it's still a little nerve-wracking because something could go wrong. Um, but with Maya, this is like the let's see, one, two, three, four, five. So this is the sixth goat birth on our farm. Really? Oh my gosh, I had no yeah. idea it had been that many. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at Diana today, and I'm like, oh, you bitch, you better not be pregnant. I hope you're just oh. looking fat and not pregnant. <laughs> so well, she was in the same spot that Maya was. So I just, I don't know. But now that we have the boys officially separated, it should no longer be a surprise. And we should have planned pregnancies from here on out. (laughs) Because I finally, after like three years, have a responsible setup. So if she is pregnant, we'll deal with it. It's fine. Anyways, so um, I obviously had no true idea of Maya's due date. Um, Our original barn cam stopped working. I think like the app that went with it um, was no longer supported by the newer iPhones. So I ended up just buying a new one on Amazon for like 25 bucks. I got my iPad out there as a hotspot. So that's one really nice thing if people are able to swing that is like having a, a barn camera so you don't have to go out there a ton or if you wake up in the middle of the night like you can just pop the camera on and look. On your phone. Yeah. Super handy. Um, But I realized, like, depending on your internet setup and your cell phone signal and your data plan and all that fun stuff, like, it it might just not be possible. So I feel really lucky that we have that. Um, It does save me a lot of time. We didn't have it when Harley gave birth in April. And I was out there, like, every hour the day of. And, of course, that little Bia did it when I wasn't out there. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Oh, my gosh. So and you know what? I am glad that you mentioned the hotspot thing again. I did not think of that. I can totally get a hotspot for my cell phone carrier and put that somewhere near the barn. Mm -hmm. I don't get great signal inside the barn, but I bet like in the rafters of the barn, like closest to an outside wall, I bet I could get a cell signal there. Yeah. And then that should connect to a camera because my barn is so far from the house, it doesn't reach the Wi-Fi. And we've tried using some extenders and we've done a couple of different things. We can't quite get it to the barn. I've got yeah. it in the garden now, but I don't have it in the barn. <laughs> you have a Wi-Fi extender in your garden? Well, no, there's no Wi-Fi extender in the garden, but the Wi-Fi reaches the garden. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. I'm like, you're so bougie. I'm not on your level. That's amazing. But anyways, yeah. So we have have an unlimited data plan through T-Mobile, and we have a phone in the house that we use as a hotspot. It was like one of those free phones. 
Um, and that's where, how we have our, cause I don't have cable. I just have streaming services and we use all of that through Wi-Fi, and then our iPad has it too. So, um, the iPad's hotspot capabilities feel a little weaker. So that's why I put that one out there this time, because I have to record this podcast. I need to have decent internet access to do that. So I kept the yeah, good one in totally here. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> um, but anyways, um, so Maya gave birth last Friday. Um, my husband was going to pick up my stepkids, um, and it was like 6.50 ish. And so I went out there and checked before he left cause he had to leave at like seven and she was like a little tiny bit of discharge, but it wasn't pink. It was still kind of clear. And I'm like, all right, I'll go back inside for a while. Cause that, that level of detail is kind of hard to see on the camera. So I wanted to make sure she wasn't like pushing or anything. It seemed like she was having some contractions, but it wasn't happening very often. So I was like, I probably have like another hour or so. So I go in the house, say bye to my husband. He leaves. I'm on my phone. I'm like on the Kohl's app just looking for fall decor because I love fall and it's almost here. And I'm like, what kind of kitchen towels can I get? Um, So I'm just looking and then I'm like, "Mm, I should check the barn cam. It was like 10 minutes later. So it's like 7.10. And I look at the camera. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a baby on the ground. Ah. What the hell? So I like, and I have the dogs inside. So I got to put the dogs outside and like try not to like hurry them too much. So they're not like being spazzes and get my boots on, take them outside. And she's cleaning her off. So I just kind of sit down in there to kind of observe because it's funny because the past couple of times have been very much the same. So she gives birth, cleans one off for 10 minutes, then she'll lay back down and then she'll start pushing again. And then boom, boom, we have two and three. So the same exact thing happened this time. Um, we had two and three pretty quickly back to back. Um, but she was still kind of cleaning off the first one. So I let her do that. And something different that I did this time was that I used puppy pads to pull the babies away from mom's back end after she pushed them out and then let them sit on the puppy pad while I either toweled them off a little bit or mom cleaned them. Um, So I did that for both two and three. And uh, that worked out pretty nicely. So they weren't getting as much like hay stuck to them and stuff and straw and all that fun stuff. And, like, she made a a big old mess, too, obviously. So I could just, like, put that down (laughs) over it um, until I could clean it up a little bit. But, she, yeah, she did really good. Uh, Super smooth. Placenta came out um, pretty shortly after. She had two. Um, But I came in the barn, like, a little after, and she was eating the first one. And I'm just like, yeah, (laughs) so gross. But I just kind of stood there and watched her. I was talking on the phone to my mom, and I was like, I'm just making sure she doesn't choke on this thing. Because they can choke on it. Like, none of mine have ever choked on it, but just to be careful. Something that was kind of odd with this one, though, she had one that she would accidentally step on. Oh. And the baby would just start yelling, and she'd just stand there. So one time she stepped on its ear, but she was cleaning it, and he was screaming. So I was like, I had to go in there, and like I'm like, Maya, what are you doing? (laughs) And then the other time he got mad because she was eating the placenta, and he walked by her, and it like whapped him in the face. Oh, yeah. So she released the second one. I think it was like within three hours. So I was like just hanging out in the pasture area, talking on the phone to my mom while my husband missed it all. Poor guy. Um, he rolled in about like nine 30, I think by the time he got back. So it'd been a couple hours. Um, but within the first hour, like, I feel like I got this shit down now. Like she had her probiotics, her dewormer, dewormer paste, her vitamin B paste right away. Um, she had all the babies cleaned up right away. I brought her a warm bowl of electrolytes and she drank the whole like eight cups of it pretty quickly. She was thirsty. Um, and then, um, I kind of started checking their back ends while she was cleaning them. And I'm like, damn it. I think they're all boys again, because if you just lift their tail and look, you'll just see a butthole. You don't see anything extra. And I'm like, I hope I'm just looking at this wrong. So then I did like the lift above the head with them. And I'm like, oh, there's the balls. There's the balls. And there's the balls. Okay. Uh... All boys. Third time. All boys. Different buck this time. So it's not the buck's fault. 
That's good to know. I'm glad that you know that for sure. But she's my only registered doe. Like, <laughs> ah. <laughs> All boys. All boys. But they're seriously the cutest and flashiest ones that she's had. They are they're pretty cute. adorable. Um, what is interesting and I do not recommend at all is I'm pretty sure that one of her kids from the last round did the deed with her. Oh. So technically it's line breeding because it went well. Yeah. Nobody seems off. So that's That's good good to know, but I've sold all but one of them and the one I did retain is weathered. So it won't be happening again. Um, So yeah, she was hanging out with them a little longer than I would have liked. And we did the, the cut and rip for their castration. So I wonder if there's like some, maybe just spare shooters in there. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so that was not favorable at all. So I felt very blessed to have a successful delivery. Nobody came out with like five legs, Nobody's like super off from typical goat conformance. Like everybody's really healthy. She didn't reject any of them. Like we're super lucky. Um, so everything went pretty smoothly. Uh, by the time my husband got home, I was like, we'll just do umbilical cords in the morning. Cause Maya was kind of like licking them and taking care of them herself almost, which can happen. Like sometimes they'll just, when they're cleaning them, they'll just kind of rip them off. Oh, okay. Um, so what ended up happening though, was we procrastinated it and I never ended up doing it. Okay. And they just dried up, flaked up and ta-da, no problems. So that's not the recommended route. It's better. So they don't like step on it and get like a little hernia or something. Um, but I had all this stuff ready. We just procrastinated and it didn't need to happen. So <laughs> I'm over good. here like, Woo, whatever, she's got it. Um, definitely been through this a couple times to know like a little more of what's okay, what's not. Um, it That just is something that comes with time. Um, and I was lucky that all the baby goats ate within the first hour. Like they were awkward and fumbling and still trying to figure out how to walk and just be baby goats outside of the womb, but they all did pretty good. They're super tiny though. They're so, so tiny. I didn't weigh mine at all. Um, generally for me to figure out if they're eating or not, um, if they're peeing, that's a really good sign. If they're not peeing, they're probably not eating. Um, and I like to do a little tummy check. So if you touch their tummies, um, and it's hard, that's probably not good if it's sunken in. Generally, you can see that visually, but if you feel that too, that means they're probably not getting enough. So you just want like a slightly plump little cushy belly, and that means that they're probably just fine. Um, Maya's udder, on the other hand, it is so big that I probably do need to start milking her <laughs> once a day um, just to help her out a little bit, but it's not getting ridiculous. It's just like, wow, you are clearly the registered registered doe in the herd that has great genetics. <laughs> so I should be utilizing that. And she's had babies a few times. So her yes. udder is like well conditioned. Tonks' udder still feels kind of small. So I'm hoping that uh, either as I start milking her and the babies get bigger, that it produces a little more milk. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Or that might just be a first freshener thing, too. Yeah. Like it might not get to its full size until a couple she freshens again. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so you deworm them right away. I deworm the mom. Mom. Okay. I don't do anything for the babies if they seem fine, but I do worm the mom. Some people say, I think like three days before for the mom, but because I don't know like when she's going to do it, as long as her famacha isn't like super pale, I just do it right after. Okay. See, I didn't deworm her right after. I was just checking her eyes and on like day three, they started getting pale. So I was like, oh, oh I was kind of preparing for that because they said that their immune system does go down a little bit after giving birth. So a lot of people do just automatically deworm. So I was like, well, I usually just check eyes and then I deworm if they need it. So I'll just do that with her. I think next time I'll just deworm right away because I had my deworming paste already on the counter. Well, Aurora got really curious 
oh, about no. it and squirted it all over the counter. So uh. I like I went to go get it and give it to her that evening and I look at the tube and I'm like, it doesn't look right. And I pick it up and I'm like, dang it. I'm like, this stuff is like all over the counter. <laughs> so of course, you know, like I'm really mad. Um, but we didn't get more deworming stuff until the next day. I actually ended up getting her some deworming pellets though. I bought the paste oh. too, just in case the pellets didn't work. But I found some pellets at TSC. So I got those to give a try. I've been checking her eyes every day though. And I just gave them to her two days ago. So I'll check them tonight. And if they aren't like normal, I think I might go ahead and deworm her with yeah. the paste because <laughs> I want to make sure like, that she have worms <laughs> yeah and I've read mixed reviews about the pellets mostly because people are concerned they're not getting enough especially if you're giving it to multiple goats at the same time but farmer Mandy from Wild Oaks Farm she's a vet tech I believe and she gives her goats that so oh, okay Good deal. Um, well, Tonks yeah. is by yourself, so I know no one else got it. And I gave it to her in her dish while it was empty, so I know ah. all of it got eaten. So, And I didn't yeah. give her anything else until she ate them all. I like, I waited. I walked in to feed her that night, and I was like, oh, you got to eat your stuff. So I left and went and fed and took care of everybody else, and I came back, and it was empty. I was like, all right, now I'll feed you. <laughs> it can take a little while for um, red blood cells, too, to repopulate. So when you have worms like that, it's, it can make them anemic, and that's a good trigger to know to worm. So it can take some time for that to build back up. Oh, okay. So if you're feeling, like, a little apprehensive about it, it might not hurt to just take the her poopy to the vet and get a little fecal done if, oh, if you have somebody close too. that can do that. I've been – because I keep seeing – like, the bad thing about being in these goat groups is, like, people only pass – like post when shit's hitting the fan oh and yeah this time of year barber barber pole worms are really bad and it can wipe out your herd super fast and because mine are out on pasture now more than they ever have been before i'm like extra paranoid so i'm checking eyes more mm-hmm. um but anemia can happen too from just like certain kinds of vitamin deficiencies like copper deficiency can weaken their immune system to the point where they're more susceptible to worms so that's why I've started doing copper for certain goats. So it's like it could be multiple things. That's why I just mentioned that it can take a little time, but it's good to err on the side of caution too with that sort of thing. Yeah, I was hesitant to just automatically worm her because I'm trying not to worm too right. often. Right. Because I also don't want to accidentally create, you know, like I end up with the farm that has the the resistant <laughs> worms, like right. ruin it for everybody else here. <laughs> right. Right. It's a balance. So, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I, I mean, I have read, though, that it is pretty common practice for does that are just giving birth. So I think I might add that in. I'm kind of, uh, I'm going to tweak my process as I go along. Sky Mm -hmm. has a standing appointment to go back and get bread in October. And then, um, because she didn't take the first time, and uh, when I talked to the breeder, because the breeder actually disbutted uh, Bodhi for me yesterday. Oh, nice. And she asked about Sky, and she's like, "Is Sky, Sky should be due like any time now. And I was like, oh, no, shouldn't take. And she's like, oh, shoot. Well, bring her back in October for spring babies. I always give a second one if it doesn't take. So and I was like, oh, okay. I totally didn't expect her to do that because yeah, I didn't so tell nice. her. Yeah, yeah, it was it was super nice of her. So like not only did they like they're disbutting my goats, but I'm paying them to do it, but they're disbutting my goats for me and they're like walking me through some stuff, which is really nice. I'll get to yeah. pay that forward. And also what's really cool is like all of the knowledge that I get from them, I get to share here too to a right. much wider audience than can possibly reach my farm in person. So right. it's really neat. Like I made my own like dairy goat logo and like other things because I'm like, all right, we have babies. I'm officially an ADGA registered Nigerian dwarf goat breeder. Like now I need to start building up all of the stuff to continue to grow that. But I just have to get over like that first hump. Yeah. So it's funny. Part of me feels a little, what's what I'm looking for? Like a little silly, like getting all serious about it now that I've had one. But that was what I needed for it to yeah. be official. Yeah. yeah. Like it, before that, it was just now. practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I understand. Yeah. 
And also they told me that Tonks, they, they said that we should rebreed Tonks in November. Usually you give them like a break, but because of her age, because I didn't, she's not a, and actually she's not a yearling first mm-hmm. freshener. They said to bring her back in November to breed her for spring. And then after that, we'll just do her once a year. So oh, I was like, okay. oh, that's a great idea. Because they were like, yeah, you want to get her on a proper like breeding cycle because you don't want to have kids in July every year, do you? And I'm like, no. no. <laughs> like I literally just had to do this because I had to get the first one done. Yeah. <laughs> I will say sweating while it's happening is way better than freezing your ass off because all of mine have been when it's colder. Yeah. And that sucks. So if you can do like a nice warm spring, that would probably be perfect. That would be wonderful. Well, I'm going to do so we're planning on Sky to have kids in March, which I know is going to be cold. And then Tonks (laughs) will have kids in uh, April, which, which should be a little be, better. That won't It'll be still be bad. chilly, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to wait until the end of November so that she kids at the end of April. There you go. Good idea. Yeah. So, oh, uh, it's just like, it's so much, but it's so exciting. And it's like, it's like the next step towards things. So. All right. So we're going to actually skip our can't even corner this week because obviously we couldn't even about all the baby goat stuff. And I think it's so cool. Like, I guess I can say this. I can't even that our goats gave birth on this in the same week. And we did not plan that. That's right. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I can't even about that too. I think that's enough for for us. It is. (laughs) But you guys can send us your can't evens in the Facebook group. Or via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail.com. If you do that in the Facebook group, keep it up with that hashtag can't even when you want us to talk about it on the mini-sode. You guys have been really good with that, and it's making my life a lot easier. So thank you. And be sure and leave us a review because we'll read our favorite Apple Podcasts review of the week right here on the podcast. And we enter everyone whose review we read that month into a drawing and they win a super cool, awesome coffee mug. So be sure and leave your Instagram handle or like some name that we can get a hold of you at so that we can find you if you win. Instagram handle is the easiest. Let's just stick with that. All right, and our winner for July is Casey, and her Apple podcast name was KLD201. So send us a message, Casey, and we will get your mug in the mail to you. Yay! And the first review for the month of August is titled Farm Kid Approved, and it is from Ali Posha is my guess. I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, So I apologize. But she says in her review, I just wanted to thank you guys for creating something that is really perfect combination of humor and education and a great jingle. I've been binging for several days and today my four-year-old was walking around and singing something I couldn't recognize. Then I realized it was your intro song. (laughs) (laughs) maybe not totally child appropriate but i know you won't judge me for my parenting lol thanks again for this little escape from our current reality keep doing you cheers yeah we totally don't judge you at all yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's awesome (laughs) it is pretty catchy so we can't blame them very And just a reminder that this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. So go to patreon.com slash drinkandfarm to check those out. Um, And you get access to those by supporting us at just $2 a month. But we have all kinds of levels in there for different things. And next month we'll be sending out our gifties to our $5 and above people. So if you're not a Patreon at that level yet and you want a free gift from us, which we're both super excited about. Um, I think we've landed on a really great idea to send you guys. So make sure you go sign up if you're not already. Yes. 
And don't forget that we have a phone number. So you can leave us a message of your farm story, your can't even, or ask us a question, or just chat it up to our voicemail machine. You can call (laughs) us at 401-426-3276, which is super easy to remember because it's 401-426-FARM. Yes. And make sure when you're listening to this that you're hitting that subscribe button. We want this because that helps our numbers show up on the Apple podcast charts or wherever you're listening. Uh, And it helps more people like you find us. And share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm. You can actually just share the post that we make that's announcing the episode. And we will send you a promo code for our merch shop for a discount. And you want that because our Joy Farmer merch is super awesome and it's super popular. I love it. I'm so excited about it. Me too. I saw that the muscle tank um, should be here soon. When I was looking at my email today and I got very excited. Mm-hmm. Same. So I have the regular tank and my muscle tank is coming soon. And those muscle tanks are awesome. Yes. So make sure you take a look at the show notes to find links to our merch shop, to the articles we didn't discuss today because we didn't discuss any articles. But when we do, we t- we post those there for you. Um <laughs> We also have a survey, and you can tell us how we're doing anonymously. We do take those very seriously. And it's a good way to find all of our social media goodness when you look at those show notes. So thank you, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us on our goat birth journeys. Journeys. (laughs) I was trying to avoid the word journey. Uh, I know, that's why I said it. On my deathbed, I'm just going to be like, journey, shaking my fists in the air, looking at the sky. That's going to be your last word. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. I'll have to say something else really quick. Oh, Cow farts. Cow farts. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so until next time. Drink. Farm. And, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink.